0: you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. My name is Bryson McGuire, just like Drake said, and I am just excited to be here in the house with you guys this morning. Um, before we really jump into the message, uh, just a few things I want to take a time to share. Drake had asked me um, if I would just uh, just share a, a quick reminder. Uh, today after service is Growth Track, which is really just an opportunity for you if you haven't already walked through that step to um, really get to know the life of the church, the um, vision, values, beliefs, things like that. And so I want to just take a moment and share as a guest speaker uh, my encouragement for you guys if you haven't already. Uh, to go through growth track and so uh, I'm about to share in just a second a little bit more about uh, my wife and I are planting a church in kind of the Broomfield Westminster area along 36 but um, we have chosen until we we start our weekly services uh, to come here on Sunday mornings to uh, worship and experience God um, with you guys and so you you may if you come back next week you may see me and my wife hanging out Um, it's not because I'm a stalker or anything like that this is just where we've chosen um, to worship to lean in in part because of Um, Man, I'll tell you what, over the last year and a half, uh, we have walked into so many church doors. Uh, We have seen so many services, and uh, there were just some really cool and amazing and unique experiences that we've had, in particular with City Church. Um, And that made our hearts compelled to say, you know, in this in-between time, um, before we really launch and start our church and the church that God is building in our community— Um, This is where we want to go. And so um, as a guest speaker, as someone who uh, just want to, by way of encouragement, want to just ask you guys to lean in and maybe consider taking that first step in in growth track. So I do want to also just take a moment and just share my uh, heartfelt appreciation and gratitude um, to Pastor Drake and Danielle, just for the opportunity um, to be here, to stand here, um, and to share with you guys, and uh, just for their, their love and kindness and compassion to, towards me and my wife, things that you guys will probably never hear about, never really see, um, but it's not just what you see up on stage, or I know Danielle um, is in Kids Sometimes, and my daughter absolutely just loves her, and it just has a great time in City Kids, and so I just wanted to publicly take a moment and just say thank you to them for this opportunity. Um, So just like I mentioned before, I'm not going to spend too long on this, but uh, we are planting a church in kind of, like I said, the Broomfield-Westminster community kind of around 36. I say that community because part of it is um, just going to depend on where we can actually find a location to gather. Um, But with that, uh, it's called Rock City Church, and we are launching fall of 2024, okay, this year, sorry, I'm I'm still thinking it's 2023. We're launching this fall, and uh, so just by way of prayer, would ask that if you see us or think of us, um, that you would just really pray for us. One of the big things that we're doing right now is trying to build a launch team, um, just a group of people who would really just say yes to seeing a new church uh, started. And that's a big step for a lot of people um, because you're asking them to do some really crazy things, Uh, You're asking them to do some really hard things, uh, all with the vision that God is building this church. And so I would just ask that you guys would pray for us. Um, Obviously, if you just, again, see us on social media, uh, follow us, all that stuff is super encouraging to us. Um, If you know somebody who lives in that area and you want to send them our information, whether they're followers of Jesus or not, uh, we'd love to connect with them. And so I just want to say thank you to City Church, too. Um, because as Drake mentioned, you guys are one of our, our church partners, with, which means that as a church, you guys invest into us in prayer. We're on the prayer wall back there. We're on your screens on Sunday mornings um, through financial giving and just some other means that uh, we'll explore more in the future. So I just want to say thank you guys for your generosity, for your prayers, and for your support for what God is doing in and through us. And so the message this morning is wait on the Lord. The message this morning is wait on the Lord. How many of us know this morning that our followers of Jesus, that sometimes God is going to ask us to wait, that sometimes God is doing something that he's working and that he's moving in our lives in ways that we don't see, we don't understand, we can't comprehend. And in the same time, he says, I want you to wait. I want you to wait and not just sit and do nothing, wait, but wait on me. Wait on me to move, wait on me to act, wait on me to, to speak. I think it's, it's really kind of one of those weird things in life where we, we think sometimes that waiting on God is kind of like we're sitting in the waiting room. You know, like at the doctor's office, if you've ever, if you've ever been there before. Um, it's really horrible when you have a child who just wants to like play and touch all the toys. Have you ever thought about that? It's the worst thing in the world that doctor's offices for children have toys. I'm like, my child is sick. And now they're touching other sick children's germs like that's just gross. But, but we think sometimes that waiting on God is like the waiting room, that God calls us, we set up an appointment, we sit down, and when He's ready, then He calls us in. And in some ways that is how it, how it works, but there's more than just us sitting down and doing nothing. To wait on the Lord is to actively hope it's to anticipate it's to look forward to what god is doing and if nothing else as followers of jesus we look forward one day to an eternal home in heaven right we have a hope that god is that that god is building something for us he's preparing a place for us in heaven and so whether or not anything happens in this life we have an eternal hope in jesus christ right as followers of jesus that is our ultimate hope but god also works and moves and intervenes sometimes in a supernatural way in the day-to-day. In, in the big situations, in the, small, in the small details, God is at work. It is God who is at work in our lives, in and through us, to accomplish His plan and purposes, not just for us, but for the church and for the world. And so this morning, what I want to encourage you with, this morning what I want to, us to really look at is Psalms chapter 27, it's, a, it's an entire, we're gonna look through an entire chapter. It's 14 verses. And, and it's really a section of scripture where there's a man named David who was a king of Israel at the time. And, and, and there's, he's, he's really writing a kind of a few different sections. Anyone in here like journal? Anyone like to journal? Okay, that was, I was gonna say that was a real question. It wasn't rhetorical. Um, I journal, um, not consistently, That's like one of my twenty twenty four goals is I'm like, I'd like to do at least like four days a week and then maybe next year I'll do five days a week. Maybe by the time I'm like 50 years old, I'll be doing it every single day. Um, But sometimes when I'm journaling, when I'm sitting down and, and just writing my thoughts, like I'll go back and read and I'm like, who is this crazy lunatic who wrote these things? Um because I'm like I'm over here like, man, God is good and things are good, and then I'm the next moment I'm like, God, why have you abandoned me? Like all within one line in my journal, you know. I'm like, who is this roller coaster of emotion and what was I thinking and what was I feeling? I'm going through the the praises of God, thank you, to the woes of God, where are you? And in many ways, that's what David is doing in Psalm chapter twenty-seven. Um he there I won't get into the full full context of it. Um, but in many, many ways. What David is going what we're going to walk through this morning is kind of a, a roller coaster of emotion. How many of us know that life is a roller coaster of emotion sometimes? That not just in the day to day, but in the week to week, the month to month, the year to year, that sometimes we have highs, sometimes we have lows, and a lot of times we're in the in between. We're riding it up in anticipation and we're screaming on the way down out of fear, right? Like that's just how life works sometimes. And so this message isn't for necessarily people who are walking through hard times. Although I think this will apply to that. This message isn't just for people who are are sitting good and things are good and all that kind of stuff, but this message is really for, for every person in this room to kind of take a step back and go, okay, am I waiting on the Lord? What is God doing in my life? And how can I live for Him? How can I serve Him? How can I follow Him and practice the way of Jesus every single day? So the first thing I want us to look at is how do we wait on the Lord? We have confidence in God. Psalm 27, verse 1 through 3. Oh, I always forget there's a TV right here. I can actually point to the TV. I love that. Psalm 27, verse 1 through 3 says this. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and... Fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. There's, there's obviously some, for us, some poetic imagery in that. I don't know if any of us can actually say that we have a mighty army that surrounds us physically. Um, but there is a spiritual component to this as well. But, but with that, I think this is really uh, just a moment where David is reminding himself and looking at his situation and going, you know what? My confidence is in the Lord. Like, my confidence is in God. I love that he asked the question, why should I be afraid? Why should I, why should I tremble? I think one of the problems we run into is when we think of fear, when we think of, you know, my hand is shaking and my heart is racing, it's always like, you know, a horror movie, or it's always around like October when you go through the corn maze. I don't like corn mazes. They're weird and creepy, and people are jumping out and kind of, touching. It's just awkward and uncomfortable. I don't like it. I don't like the feeling of being afraid. But in many ways, what David is talking about right here is not somebody jumps out and scares you, boo. Is not someone is you're watching a horror movie kind of afraid. It's the reality of his life situation. Like, look at what he's saying. He's saying that there are evil people coming to devour me. That is strong language. There are people who are against me. It feels like there's an army that's surrounding me, like there is nothing that I can do where I can't get away from these people. And yet he says, I will not be afraid. Why should I be afraid? Why should I tremble? Why should I fear anything? Why? Because even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. Now that's not confidence in himself. It's not confidence in his situations, his abilities, his talents, his, his financial resources, the, the monetary things he had, nothing like that. It's confidence in who? It's confidence in the Lord, the light of my salvation, my strong fortress, my protection. See, here's the thing. At some point in your life, if you haven't already, you're going to walk through some stuff. You're going to walk through some troubles. You're going to walk through some hard times. It's going to feel like everyone is coming at you. It's going to feel like people are coming to devour you. It's going to feel like there's an army that is surrounding you it's going to feel that way. And David says, you know what? I'm not going to be afraid because I'm confident in God. He's my salvation. He's my fortress. He's my protection. And I love it. He says, even if, I think that needs to be the mantra of every Christian, every person who would say, I'm a follower of Jesus, is that even if It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what I'm walking through, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between, even if I'm confident in the Lord. Like, I don't know how to get to that level, truthfully, right now in my life. Like, I'm not preaching this or speaking this from like, I got this. Can I tell you that in 2023, my life looked like a roller coaster of emotions, that there were so many times where I was waiting on God for something And what I realized what I was doing was I was praying that God would intervene in my situation. And when he didn't, I went, God, where are you? And so my confidence was not in who God is. My confidence was in what God was going to do for me. Right? Like, that's just me. If that applies to you, then I'm glad that maybe you can relate. Maybe I'm not the only imperfect person sitting in this room today. But my confidence doesn't need to be in all of these external things. It just needs to be in God. God who has never failed. God who has never let me down. God who has always been there for me, even when it doesn't feel like. And that's what we have to work to overcome. It see, it's all about feelings for us sometimes. And hey, feelings are real. God gave us feelings. I think we lean into those feelings from time to time. But here's the thing. If I don't feel the presence of God, if I don't feel like God is there, if I don't feel like he's working, he is. So what I have to lean into is not how I feel, not what I think, but in the truth. Of who God is in the truth of what his word teaches me and in the truth of this right here that even if fill in the blank even if the worst thing imaginable happens even if my deepest darkest fears come true even if the thing that kind of keeps me up at night does go through i will remain confident i will remain confident because of God because he is my light because he is my salvation Because he is my fortress. So, as you're waiting for God, be confident in him, but also seek his presence. As we keep reading in Psalm chapter 27, it says this in verse 4. There we go. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek the most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. Um, For for modern-day context, we could say church back then, it would have been a temple building, but just to help you guys understand what it's saying. For he, verse 5, will conceal me there. When troubles come, he will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing, and praising the Lord with music. So David's switching his thoughts a little bit. So he's going from, you know what, I'm confident in God, but confidence can't just be a feeling. He says, I'm going to put an action to that feeling. And so what he says, really, is I'm, I'm it's, it's that I'm going to seek the presence of the Lord. I'm going to be in the house of the Lord. We could, we could, when we say house of the Lord, sanctuary, we could also be saying church, okay? So just if I use any of those interchangeably, I want you to understand what we're saying this, what I'm saying this morning. What I love about what David says is, you know what the best place for me to be? It doesn't matter my situation. I mean, like he's talking about some hard stuff in his life, but he says, you know, the place that I long to be the most, the place that I desire to be, the place that I wish I could spend every single day for the rest of my life is being in the house of the Lord, being in church. Now, I grew up in the Midwest. Um, I grew up in a, I'm just going to call it a very strict church. I'll just say it that way. It was the kind of church where if you missed a Sunday, like, like heaven forbid, like you could literally be on your deathbed and you miss a Sunday and people were like calling you like, where were you at? Like, why did you miss church? Like that's not healthy. That's not good. That's a little insane to be honest with you. However, I'd say if that was my childhood growing up, I think we have switched to the other side where I'll go to church if I feel like it. Like, I, like when it's convenient for me and hear me, please hear what I just said and please hear what I'm not saying. This is not the message where if you, don't, if you miss a single Sunday, you know, you're you a sinner or whatever. I'm not saying that at all. Can I be truthful with you? There was a few Sundays ago where I woke up and I was like, I do not want to go to church this morning. I am tired. I'm exhausted. It is a chore sometimes to get my, my, my very nap temperamental daughter <laughs> into the car seat to drive, get her, all that kind of stuff. you know. And I was just like, man, I just don't want to. But we came and I'm glad we did. It was a good word um, that Maddie had spoken that morning. But, but with that, hear the heart okay so I want you to hear the heart that he says you know what my confidence in the is in the Lord where else could I desire to be but in God's house with God's people but I also want to take a step back and and point out that what what is he saying that he's going to do he says in the sanctuary which we could say is this room that's kind of our modern day context I'm going to offer sacrifices now and back in, again that day again That don't, you know, this was more animal sacrifices. We don't do that today. If you're a first-time guest, that's not this church. Okay, (laughs) don't be afraid. Like, that's not going to happen at the end of this service. But there's this idea of atoning for your sins, of really confessing and laying down a sacrifice before the Lord. And he says, and I'm going to shout with joy and singing and praising the Lord with music. Do you know what he doesn't say? is he doesn't say, I'm going to walk in, I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to leave. And again, I get it. If you're a first-time guest and you're like, I fully planned on walking in, sitting down, and leaving this morning, no judgment. But, but, but what I'm trying to say is that he's engaging with being in the presence of, of God. And I want to just share um, my story. Actually, this was in my notes. I didn't know that Drake was going to uh, mention the 24-7 prayer room. But, but one of the things that really compelled our hearts to want to be here on Sunday mornings was actually your your 24 seven prayer room. So uh, Drake had texted me and he said, hey, here's what we're doing. Um, I saw it on social media, but he says, hey, we're doing this 24 7 prayer room. In I think this would be really good for for you to come and participate with. um, And I'd love for you to sign up. And he sent me the link. And can I just like in in my honesty, like I was like, I really don't want to do this. (laughs) Like I was like, I really don't want to drive 30 minutes into Boulder to go sit in this prayer room for a church that I wasn't at the time going to, you know what I mean? Like it was one of those moments where I was like, fine, I'm going to do it because City Church is one of our church partners. And Drake asked me to, and let's just be honest, when, you're, when a pastor says, will you come and pray, at least as a fellow pastor, you're like, well, now I'm spiritually obligated to go and pray. Like I'm going to look like a really bad Christian if I don't do it. And so um, I signed up and uh, I, 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 mean, really, I, was, I was I wasn't I just kind of like, just like Ugh, you know, and I walk in and uh, I don't, if you guys participated in it, you know that there was a sign that said, you know, please, um, please take off your shoes for this is a, this is a holy space. So I did I take off my shoes, and I walk into the room, and, and let me just tell you, I, I literally, and I, and I don't mean this figuratively, I could not stand. Like, I mean, literally, if you've ever had that weak in the knees feeling, I mean, I, I, I walked into the room, and the presence of God was so real and palpable you could feel that people had prayed like you could feel it i mean and i'm i'm not saying this because i but i want to share my story of what happened and i want to share that this is not the norm um i don't just wake up every day and this is my experience like i had to crawl on my hands and knees to just get to the seat because i could not stand and i sat on the floor for 45 minutes. And just weeped in the presence of God. And I read the, the prayers that had been written for us and the prayers that had been written for others. And, and I actually got online and I actually added, because no one was coming in after me. And I actually added another hour to my time because I'm like, I just can't leave this place. Now, I would love to tell you that the very next day that I experienced the exact same thing. No, that definitely did not happen. But, but Jesus says in Luke chapter 19, he says, you know what? My house will be a house of prayer. Like, it's going to be a place where we sing and praise the Lord. And he says, you know what? I'm, I, have, I feel like I have an army around me. I feel like there's people out to get me. And you know the place that I want to be the most, the place I want to live out my days is in the house of the Lord. I'm not telling you if you miss a Sunday that you're, like, bad or evil. Like, that, don't hear my heart. That's not it. But I, if you're a follower of Jesus in the room, I do want you to just take a step back. And ask yourself, is there any leisure? Is there any activity? Is there anything in this world that consistently, I'm gonna use the word consistently, because I've always said, listen, when my daughter grows up, if she's like, you know, state championship for something, like, heck yeah, I'm missing the Sunday morning, right? I'm gonna go and support her. Like, that's gonna be the truth. But I'm talking about consistently. Is there anything in this world that would consistently be more meaningful and impactful? And, and beneficial to our lives than being in the house of God, seeking His presence. I don't know what God wants to do in your life in 2024. I don't know what God wants to do through your life in 2024. But I can tell you this, if you want God to use you, if you want God to be active and present and working in your life, you don't have to come to church, but man, it's a great place to be to see God moving and working in your life. And so as we wait for the Lord, seek His presence. The next thing I want us to just think about is to remember what God has done. So verse 7 in Psalm 27, he says this. He says, Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Don't turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandoned me, the Lord will hold me close. I know I'm saying that kind of just like reading it, but I mean, like, think about these words, like we've gone from God, you are good, you are my confidence, I just wanna be in your house every day to where are you at? Like, don't abandon me, don't leave me. I mean, he even goes to the the point of like, I mean, if my parents abandon me, right? Like, I mean, there's some grief, there's some things that he's working through, and like I said, I'm a journaler, and so I've read those times where I'm like, where in the world did I go from God, you're good, to God, where are you? And isn't that just like, isn't that just life sometimes? Like, within the same prayer, within the same breath, we go from that feeling of, man, God, I want to give you everything, to God, do you even hear me? And what I love, though, is there's one little, one little tiny sentence that if you were just reading the whole thing, it kind of kind of gets hidden in it, and it's this right here where he says, you have always been my helper. It's actually the one positive thing, really one positive thing, he actually says in this little, this little paragraph of Scripture, and this writing that he, he's conveying, and he's really even shifted from kind of, a, um, kind of a statement to a prayer, right? He says, hear me, O God. And so this is a, a moment of prayer, and he says, you have always been my helper. And here's what I love about that. It's such a small kind of almost insignificant sentence. I mean, compared to the other things that he's sharing, it's, it's also kind of vague. What, what does that mean? You've always been my helper. But what I love about that is that even in the midst of, God, where are you and what are you doing and why am I going through this and why are you allowing this pain and this hurt and this feeling in my life? He says, but you've always been my helper. And you know what I love is he doesn't say, God, you did this, this, and this for me. He said, this is who you have been to me. Sometimes I think we forget, and it's, it's good, right? We want to remember the things that God has done for us. That's part of why, honestly, I keep a journal, because um, sometimes you just forget. And you look back, and you're like, oh, man, like that's really cool. Those prayers were answered, and God did these things. But more than what God can do for us, we need to remember who God is and who he has been to us. He has been your comforter when you felt lonely. He has been your fortress when you felt abandoned. He has been your strength when you felt weak. He has been your helper when you needed needed help, when you needed a shoulder to lean on. I I could keep going, but my point is is that that God has been these things for us. And sometimes in the day-to-day of our living, we just forget. We just really, truly forget. Because compared to who God has been... And what God has done for us, we, we have feelings like this. And I tell you that in my life, when I'm kind of going, God, what, what are you doing? I'm not typically just sitting there going, man, God, you are this, you are these things. And, and that's exactly the place that I need to be. Like more than my situation, more than my fears, more than my anxiety, more than the hardships, and even the victories that I walk through, I need to remember who God is, what God has done, Because Hebrews tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he was a healer then, he's a healer now. If he was a comforter then, he's a comforter now. If God did something 10 years ago, guess what? God could do that today, and God could do it in the future. And God works in in new ways often. I'm not saying that God's just going to repeat the same thing over and over. But it's not always for us to kind of say when or how God's going to do something. It's for us to kind of go, you know what, God, my confidence is in you. I'm seeking you. I'm seeking your presence. I feel this way today and right now, but this is who you are. And that is what I'm most excited about. I'm not, I'm not going to necessarily maybe rejoice in my situation. It's hard, but I'm going to rejoice and be glad and be excited about the fact that, God, you have always been, as David said, my helper. What has God been for you? Rhetorical question. Sorry, I did the hand raised thing earlier. That one's more rhetorical. But really, I mean, be introspective for just five seconds who has God been to you? How have you seen God work and move in your life? Remember that. Thank him for it. He keeps going, of course, and he says this in Psalm—oh, sorry. So the next thing is, is, not just to, um, is not just to do these things, but to also ask God for guidance. Psalm 27, 11, He says this. He says, okay, now teach me how to live, O Lord, lead me along, wow, words are hard, lead me along, there we go, the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Don't let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done before. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Yet I'm confident, there's that word again, I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm living here in the land of the living. What I want to point out is what he does right here in the very beginning is he says, God, I want you to teach me. I want you to teach me how to walk along Man, that word is a struggle for me this morning. I want you to teach me to go down, there we go, the right path. Uh, in today's context, in the U-City Church language, we, we would say to, um, to, to practice the way of Jesus, right? That's, that's what kind of what we would say today um, in this church context. But here's what I think is really fascinating. This is something that, that I saw. Was He says, hey, God, I want you to teach me how to live. I want you to set me down this path. I'm going to really avoid those words. Because I have a specific reason why I'm asking. Now, I think that we should follow Jesus because he's good and he's God. And he's, as if you're a follower of Jesus or if you're a Christian, like he's just worthy of it. But you know what I find really fascinating is David right here says, you know what, I actually have a specific reason why I want to do this, why I want to live a right life. He says this, he goes, I, I have enemies. And they're accusing me of things I've never done. They're threatening me with violence in his time. In his culture with his status the you have to realize that these accusations would have potentially been justifiable for war okay so again think of it his, his his position he's a king over a nation he has other people who are accusing him of things that would have been justified to remove him from the throne to send their country off to war to put their 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 lives in ruins all those kinds of things and he's saying i want you to help me to live right for this reason now again like i said I think following Jesus, as, as Christians, we follow him, if anything else, I, primarily, I should say, because he's worthy of it. But if you have a reason or you need a reason, I think that's okay too. God, teach me how to follow Jesus because I want to be a better dad to my kids. Because I want to be a, a wife that her husband feels that he's just loved and respected. Because I want to be just excel in my career, in the field that you've put me in. I I want to do these things because I just want to be a holistically, well-rounded, better person. These are not bad things. These are not bad reasons. I mean, most of the things that we do in life, I mean, let's just be real, we do them because we have to have a specific reason or a motivation. Again, Jesus is worthy of being followed. He's worthy of of us living for him. And at the same time, if we have a specific reason— if we have a specific thing that we're looking for, I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that's a horrible thing. And so this morning, what, what is it maybe in your life that you would go, you know what? I want to follow Jesus. I want to, to obey God's word. I want to do these things because, and fill in the blank. And maybe let that be a reason and a cry and say, God, I want you to do this because I want to be this. And watch God expand that and grow that and take you to places that you've never been before that you didn't even think was possible. And so right here, ask God for guidance. I think one of the things in 2024 that I would just encourage you, if I could, don't try to figure it out on your own. Like anyone ever been there before? Like no one's going to raise their hand to that, but I've been there before. I'll raise my hand. I've been in those spaces and those places and those seasons of my life where I feel like it's not just like, is it path A or B? It's like every letter of the alphabet. You know, you're like, I have no idea where to go. I have no idea what to do. I have no idea what the right thing is in this situation. I want to encourage you in 2024 to ask God for guidance. I believe if we ask, God will will direct us. That if we ask, God will show us the path. And one of the best places and ways to do that is by being in his word. Uh, what the psalm says, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. What I love about that scripture is that it's this idea of you're surrounded by darkness. And you kind of have a, a we'll, we'll say flashlight. We don't really use lamps. Um, I don't use lamps. If, that's just me. But we'll say flashlight, okay? You know the cool thing about that is all you can really see is the next step in front of you. you, you he doesn't show us everything sometimes. But he says, my word, the Bible is a lamp. It's a light to my feet. It directs our path. If you don't know where to go, if you don't know what to do, don't just run blindly in darkness. Metaphorically speaking, again, going with the, the Scripture, don't just keep running until you, you, know, you hit a brick wall and then you turn and run the other way. Take step by step. Walk with the Lord. Seek Him through His Word. Ask Him for guidance. It's okay if you have a specific reason and a specific thing you're looking for. David shifts his message one more time, so we've gone from, God, you're good, I want to be with you all the time, to a prayer of, God, where are you? Help me to walk through these things, Um, to an exhortation, and the word exhortation really in some ways just means to encourage and to to build up, and this is what he says in verse 14. He says, wait patiently for the Lord, be brave and courageous, yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Daniel, if you want to come up as uh, we wrap this up, I I love this because, again, he's taken us. He's taken himself and he's taken us on a journey. We've gone to the high, and we've gone through the low, and now he's at this moment where he's like, remind my soul to wait on the Lord. You know what I love about it, too, is he doesn't just say, like, just to do it, but he says how to do it. He says, be brave and courageous. I know it's scary. Like, again, not like, you know, jump scare scary but like emotionally scary, like spiritually scary, like even socially scary, what will other people think of me not just outside the church but even within inside the church if I really lean into these things. And I'm going to wait on the Lord. And again, waiting on the Lord is not just sitting down and just kind of going, "Okay, God, whenever you want to move, move." It's hoping for. It's anticipating. It's, it's living in faith. It's seeking God for these things. And again, I, I, I want to I just be very careful because I think in our context sometimes when we hear God give me something, it's always monetary, right? Like it's just, and, I, and part of that is Christian culture. There's these guys on TV that say the best thing for your life is for health, wealth, and success. I don't necessarily think those things are bad, but I don't think that that's always necessarily what God's best is for our life. And what I love is, if we will wait on the Lord, he'll work. This past year, um, I do a word for the year. I don't know if you've ever heard of that before. It's not like a biblical commandment. God doesn't say you shall have a word for the year. It's just something I did a few years ago. Um, it's, it's, it's a way to kind of prophetically speak something into your life and kind of focus on an area that, that God is, is speaking to you and you want to grow in. And, and if, my thought is, if I do a word for the year— Every year for the rest of my life, then maybe if I live another 50 years, there's 50 more ways that I've gotten to experience God, right? Instead of just always feeling like I come to church, I fail. I come to church, I fail. That kind of stuff. So last year, I was reading back through my prayer journal, and I I read in this section in January where I had a different word for the year, but I felt like God was saying, "Wait on me." And can I tell you, there was a lot of things in the last year, and I won't go into all of them, but. we're trying to, me and my wife, we're trying to start a a new church and uh, we went through some hurt with some people and um, we were hoping for some things um, that for our family and for ourselves and even truthfully, some physical things, things that we wanted or felt like we really needed and we were praying for those things. And I told you guys earlier that one of the things I realized was my prayers always revolved around God intervene in this situation and when he didn't intervene in the way I thought he would, then I was like, well, God, you just don't care. You're just not there. I'm just going just gonna to wash my hands of this whole thing. Can I tell you, numerous times, we almost, I almost was like, we're just going to pack our bags. We're going to go back to Missouri. Oh, Missouri, right? Colorado is 10 times better than Missouri. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. I love my family, and I, I, I love where God allowed me to grow up. But I, but I just meant, like, that's where I was at. And over and over and over, I felt like the Lord was saying, wait on me, wait on me. And I just hated that. <laughs> I just hated that. Because I was like, what am I waiting for, God? Like, seriously, I was like, I know what I'm waiting for, but what are you asking me to wait for? And I met with a, a mentor. He's another pastor here in, in Boulder. And I was like, just so discouraged. And I was so just, uh, I mean, like, you ever talk with someone, they just kind of look like they have a dark cloud over there. i just so gloomy and down. And that's how I was. And he's like, man, just tell me what's going on. And I told him, I said, I feel like God's saying, wait on me. And he got the biggest smile on his face. And I'm just like, dude, I'm not having this right now. And he goes, man, that makes me so excited. I'm like, why? Like excited? I'm miserable over here. Like, why are you excited? And he said this, and it just stuck with me. He said, if God is telling you to wait, he goes, that means God's about to do something. And he goes, if God's asking you to wait longer, he goes, I don't even want to know all that God wants to do in and through you. He may ask you to wait for a minute. He may even ask you to wait for a day. He may ask you to wait for years. When you read in Scripture, it's so beautiful and amazing the number of times that God says, Go do this. And He doesn't really give a lot of details, He doesn't really give a lot of explanation. And people, by faith, in confidence in the Lord. They go and do that thing, and it takes years, and years, and years for them to see that promise fulfilled. And you know what makes us, as Christians, you want know what makes us really crazy, like seriously, like not like insane crazy, but to the world crazy, is that we would show up here every single week believing in God, trusting in Him, praying that he would work in in our lives because we want to be transformed so that he'll do something through our lives because we want to see this church, this city, and this world transformed in the name of Jesus. And we're going to show up week after week after week. We're going to pray when it makes no sense. We're going to lean in when it makes no sense. We're going to love each other when it's hard. We're going to do these things. We're going to wait on the Lord and we're going to do it with bravery and with courage because it is hard to wait on God. It is hard to wait on the Lord. And yet right here, he doesn't say it once. He says it twice. He says, wait on God, it's so worth it. And so I don't know what God is wanting for you. The cool thing is, is that he has a unique plan and purpose for each of our lives. There's, There's something that God wants to do. He's not finished with you. There's something that he actively wants to see accomplished in your life. And so this morning, if you would, um, just in a time of reflection, if you would just bow your heads, close your eyes with me. Um, we don't do this because it's like super religious. We, we, we do it in a way because um, sometimes it's just really good to just kind of close our eyes, shut out the distractions, and just really listen to the Lord. And so this morning, I want to just encourage you, or really not even really encourage you necessarily, but just, but just ask you, you know, what is it that you need to do what what would god what what is the holy spirit inviting you to take a next step in if it's to be confident in the lord you know the best the first step is through salvation and if you're in here this morning and you're like i'm bryson i'm not i'm not a christian i'm not a follower of jesus um i just want you to know there's several people there will be a prayer team in the back that would just love to talk with you and would love to do nothing more than just hear your story answer your questions and just walk with you through that process maybe you're in here and for you it's it's just that lean in to seeking the presence of God and I want to encourage you what next step might that be for you maybe just here at city church you know to go to growth track to maybe maybe engage more and serve on Sunday mornings to be a part of a city group I want to encourage you don't miss the presence of God by being in the house of God. Maybe this morning you need to just remember what God has done, I encourage you to journal. Just write these things down. There are some journals out there in the lobby that I know you can take on your, your way out, but don't forget what God has done. Ask the Lord for guidance. If you feel like there's a hundred different directions you're going, ask Him. Seek Him, and I know that He'll answer. One of the best ways to get guidance again is through prayer. I know City Church says this often, your life doesn't have to be falling apart to ask for prayer. And maybe your life this morning, you do feel like it's falling apart. That's a great place to start is to ask for prayer. But but to even have someone else encourage you in that process and that step, ask the Lord for guidance. And last and finally, wait on the Lord because he's good and he's worthy of it. So Father, I want to come before you right now just before we, um, before we respond in worship, before we take communion. Lord, I would just ask that you would help our hearts, that you would teach us this morning. You would direct us down the path that would really help us to be confident in you, to live for you, to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit, to know that you are good and you are God and you are worthy of all of these things and, and to remember and reflect on the fact that you have something more for us. You have something so much more amazing and incredible that we could even ask, think, or imagine. Lord, help us to lean into that today. Help us to walk in confidence, not in what's, what we're going through, but in who you are. Lord, for the person in here this morning that would just say life is really hard right now. It's really stressful and difficult. I feel alone. I feel abandoned. I do feel like there's an army that's just ready to attack me. Lord, I pray that they would feel the presence of your spirit this morning, that they would be comforted, that they would know that they are loved by you. Not because of what they do, not because of necessarily who they are, what they've accomplished, or what they're walking through, because you choose to love us and you pour it out on us unconditionally. Thank you, God, for who you are. It's in your name I pray. Amen.